Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, baby. It's time to settle down. Settle down. Listen to the soothing sound. Oh, yeah. Oh, This. Oh my god, this! Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, this. He's on a roll. Hello, and welcome back to On a Roll, where we take an unhealthy obsession in an actor's filmography. My name is Tom, and joining me as ever is. Emma! Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Good. How are you? I'm good. I am reeling from our new Marvel show that has replaced One Division. Why are you reeling? Because of the the arguing going on on the Twitter sphere about whether Tony Stark should have paid the Avengers or not. I just can't believe what I'm seeing. He's not real. I've not seen any of this. Have you not? Right. Go no. on, go on Twitter. Type Tony Stark. You've got fifty percent of people saying he's a scumbag and he should have paid the Avengers, and then you've got the other fifty percent of people saying he was an Avenger. He was on the Shield payroll, just like everyone else. It's Shield's fault, and he built the Avengers compound to let everyone live there out of the goodness of his heart. <laughs> but how did they buy stuff? I guess it was all just from Tony's money. He Do paid they get for everything. Ta- Do they get taxed? I need to know. Like, I f- I reckon Captain America was looking at a fat pension though from being in the war. So like, I'm not sure what the problem is. And does Thor need money? Really? Does he need money? Well, Thor doesn't need money because you know he could just pop back to. Well, I guess Asgard doesn't exist anymore. Does he? <laughs> if anything, there should be a bloody Asgard relief fund. Do you know what I mean? For all the people that had to move to Earth. It's so true. Yeah. Like they they, sh- they need um <laughs> like their version of Live Aid, but for Asgard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Thor there singing Feed the World <laughs> just like Loki coming in and there won't be snow in Asgard <laughs> this Christmas time because it doesn't exist anymore <laughs> oh my god we need to make that thing <laughs> and then all the Avengers are like crowding around a microphone hugging each other <laughs> I think it'd be beautiful. Oh my god. I wish I had any semblance of skill to like animate that, but I don't. So if any animators are listening, I've got a job for you I to just, volunteer. I think it's for. up to Marvel to make it happen, to be honest. <laughs> they they pay the actors enough. Get them all in a room, come oh, on. Oh god, yeah. That's actually a really good idea. Wow. Well, Marvel, if you're listening, <laughs> come at me, bro. Yeah, they definitely are. Kevin Faye, you know what to do, okay? Yeah. I, I have it on good authority that he tunes in every week. <laughs> He's, oh he's listing out to see what he can cast Ryan Gosling in. <laughs> I Do you know what? I would love to see Ryan Gosling in a superhero role. I really would. Unfortunately, the role that I would have wanted, wanted to see him in is um, a DC property. Oh, what would that uh, be? I think he'd make a good Flash. Yeah, I was going to say that because you're wearing a Flash t-shirt. Obviously, the listeners can't see, but it did make yeah, me think. Yeah, yeah. did make me think. Yeah, that would have been good. Uh, which probably is because I've I've come off this week, well... 
literally yesterday watching four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, wow. And, it's dedication. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch it all in one go, it has to be said. I broke it up. Um, and it is it is itself broken up into parts. Ah. Um, within the film, it's like there's like six or seven parts or something stupid. It's just a bit too much dedication for me. I've got yeah. um I've got a show I'm watching on Channel Four about the world's biggest cruise ship that has taken my taken up my time this week. So how many episodes are are there of that? There's three. <laughs> and how long are those episodes? Forty minutes. <laughs> right. So you're almost there. Yeah. So you know. it's like that meme isn't it it's like me and a film is like two and a half hours long no i can't watch it (laughs) yeah me watching 10 episodes of a netflix series at one hour each yeah Yeah, fine it's the same as like um 10 pound with three dollars shipping no thanks or just 13 pound with three shipping Hmm. Mm, yes (laughs) straight in my that sounds like a bit of me (laughs) i'm not paying that extra three pound why is the brain like this why? That's what that's why they do the ninety nine P thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like so you think that it's not as expensive as it is, even though it's like, oh I won't pay fifteen pound for that, but I'll pay fourteen ninety nine. It's like seeing the four just instantly makes you think it's a whole pound cheaper. God. Yeah. Those bastards. We're stupid, aren't we? We are dumb. We are the dumb little idiots. Stupid. Smooth brained fools. <laughs> so <laughs> for people who are joining us for the first time, what's this podcast actually about? Yeah, it's um, it's not about the Avengers, although maybe it could be one day. Who knows? Not maybe. not ruling it out. This podcast is a podcast about filmographies where we talk about one actor's filmography um, at any given time. So we watch all of their films in order. Season one was all about Robert Pattinson. Season two is all about Ryan Gosling. And I believe this is the penultimate episode of it Ryan is. Gosling, which, I mean, my heart got is broken. one episode to go. Yeah, so... We, crept up on us. We've watched a hell of a lot of his films, um, a couple of his TV appearances, and here we are. Yeah, I'll tell you how many of his films we've watched, Emma. Okay. All of them bar three. No flies on you, Tom. No flies well, on you. Check me out. I'm cooking on gas today. <laughs> Sucking diesel. Sucking diesel, lad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, that's our second reference to Line of Duty, which starts as of recording today. I so, can't tell you how excited i am favorite Uh, drama i am i am my body is ready my body is ready for ted hastings to catch a bent copper or to lay down the letter of the law (laughs) anyway (laughs) anyway yeah so this week we've watched three more ryan gosling films we have uh we've watched the nice guys Mm -hmm. la la land and song to song yes that is what yes, we, we have watched. We have watched that film. <laughs> <laughs> so, shall we... We'll crack on with them in chronological order. Okay. Uh, so the first one of those films that I just mentioned <laughs> to come out was The Nice Guys, I believe. Oh, cool. Had you seen this before? I'd seen it once before, yes. Oh, okay. Within the, within the last year. I didn't see it... I didn't catch it when it came out. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, I, I'd watched it, but I don't think I was really paying that much attention if that makes sense yeah i'll just stick this film on i think i watched it like on the tv on a sunday afternoon the first time i saw it and i remember thinking it was good but personally watching it again this time i thought it was brilliant like when i properly paid Mm. attention so it is it is very good and um one of the first things i noticed from this film before we get into it is that one of the main characters says he's from riverdale (laughs) which yes he does i was very excited about as the resident riverdale expert right we're gonna sidetrack here but you have um 
filled me in on some of Riverdale's goings on this yeah. week. Yeah. And that show is just but I just don't have any words. It's bonkers. For, it's bonkers. For what the fuck. So the last time I watched it, it was like a crime thriller mystery thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, where's whatever the ginger kid, you know, the ginger twins, you know. Um, <laughs> Jason Blossom. Yeah. And Cheryl, they're like, bro- her brother had like disappeared and that was like the mystery. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd assume that it was just going to sort of follow that similar vein. It was quite relatively grounded for a comic book Mm -hmm. adaptation yeah and you know a comic book that is about real life not about superheroes and then you text me uh oh my god riverdale and i was like (laughs) oh what they've done now and you're like well jughead has sold his alien (laughs) specimen that was being kept in a jar of maple syrup and i was like sorry (laughs) you've assumed that i know that jughead is in possession of an alien specimen because you know <laughs> that is a totally normal thing for that character yeah, to be in possession of he's since been haunted by the aliens but only he can see them so it's getting it's getting spooky you know so so is he just on drugs potentially yeah although pop who owns pop's diner also could see the aliens but only in the 70s right <laughs> not anymore and it- they're moth aliens. Yeah, moth moth alien beasts. So are they like ripping off? Because there's like there is like a, as I understand it, a cryptid in uh, America called the Mothman. The Mothman. <laughs> Do you know the Mothman? The Mothman. The Mothman. The Mothman. The Mothman. The Lane. <laughs> Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. <laughs> the Muffin Man. <laughs> gonna be awful for your ears listener i'm sorry we need to move on before this gets out of hand (laughs) anyway the mothman yeah uh, yeah i believe it's just ripping off that there's a mothman there's a serial killer called right um... this this angered me (laughs) to my very core there's a serial killer called the trash bag killer or tbk for short which (laughs) is a very blatant spin on btk now, yeah. it's not weird, but I am slightly obsessed with serial killers. <laughs> so I am a little a little bit of an aficionado on You do know a killers. lot about serial killers, I'll give yeah. you that. And the second you said the TBK, I was like, you fucking what? <laughs> you, you fucking what? what? Those bastards did what? They disrespect my man, BTK, my, like that. My bind... What's he called? The BTK, what's it stand for? Oh my God. Burger bind torture killer. killer. What? Bind torture... Oh, right. Well, that's not very nice. Yeah, the BTK killer is stands for <laughs> bind torture killer killer. That's ridiculous. He gave himself the name BTK killer. Is he stupid? But um, anyway... <laughs> I digress. The trash bag killer is just disrespectful to my man, the BTK <laughs> killer, who, by the way, he went uncaught for like decades, the BTK killer, and then he like got bored and taunted police and... um he sent them well he asked them first if i send you a floppy disk with like some messages on it to like taunt you will you be able to trace who i am and they were like no so he sent them a floppy disk and then hidden in like the metadata on the floppy disk was a previous document for like some church uh i can't remember what the document was pertaining to and they saw who it had been edited by and then they went to that church and asked who that guy was and then they found him and oh so he like dubbed himself in basically 
What an idiot. What an idiot. What and an idiot. And then disrespected him by calling him the trash bag killer. He disrespected <laughs> himself first, but they disrespected him by calling him the trash bag killer. Also, I'm not an advocate for serial killers. Um, this is satire. Just so we're clear, yeah. Yeah. He is joking. We think, someone, please help me. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. The nice guys. Yeah, really good. Yeah, very good. It's a 70s, like, cop vibey, buddy cop film. Yeah. Starring, surprisingly, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and not my favourite actor in the world, Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's not my favourite, but I did really like him in this. I think it, he suits the character. The last thing I saw Russell Crowe in was, oh my God, what was that film called? What's it oh, called? Oh, that film. It came out last yeah. year and he plays a man with road rage who like basically ends up hunting down a woman because she honks at him in the street. Did you not see that? <laughs> I've not. Uh, <laughs> first of all, your first era was that film that came out last year. <laughs> so <laughs> not many films came out last year. So well, exactly. That that's, why, that's why I'm quite surprised that I can't remember what it was called. It was him and he... Oh, it was called Unhinged. Unhinged. And he's Never heard of it. in a traffic jam and a woman is bibbing at him to move and he pulls to the side of a car and he's like, don't you think you should show a little manners around here, lady? And she's like, fuck you. And then he hunts her down and tries to kill her and her son for being rude. I mean, it's it's understandable, isn't it? We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there, you know. Hate people who at bib at me. At some point or other, you know, we all, we're all pushed to commit murder. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he's like a, I don't know, an enforcer is he like people just hire him to go around and batter people yeah and then ryan gosling's like a private investigator yeah uh and they just they initially don't like each other and then they sort of get forced to work together to like this unfolding conspiracy uh and it's just really good and funny it is very funny this is the film where i've thought ryan gosling just do comedy. Just always do comedy because you are fantastic at comedy. He is very funny in it. Yeah. Very, very funny. The scream. There's a part where before they team up, Russell Crowe's in Ryan Gosling's house and oh, he breaks this, yeah, his yeah. arm, which is already um <laughs> which has already got um some plaster on it because he tries to break into um a building by punching the glass and ends up like slashing his wrist and he's just bleeding out which is hilarious the, the, anyway the running joke is he's just like the worst private investigator the worst, yeah ever. and then um russell crowe goes round, breaks his arm and the scream is like the funniest thing i've ever heard in my life <laughs> it is it's very brilliant. very funny yeah uh he also does another bit later on where they like he finds a a dead body and he he doesn't realize it's there it's like, like it's a long shot and he's just sat down by this tree and he's like, oh, have a smoke, pulls out a cigarette, lights up the lighter, and like, when the lighter comes on, it lights up the dead body. <laughs> and then uh, the lighter goes out, and he like lights it again, and then he realises the body's there. And then he's like trying to shout to Russell Crowe, but he can't get His the words breaks, out. So he's yeah. like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Interesting so fact. good. Oh, okay. Do you, know, do you know who the dead body is? Uh, Nope. So that dead body is an uncredited cameo for one Robert Downey Jr. What? Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. plays the dead body. Oh my God. I mean, you can't tell because his face, it looks like he's been shot in the face, doesn't it? Yeah, and he's wearing like prosthetics and a fake beard and all this shit. But no yeah, that's way. Robert Downey Jr. That, wow, because I didn't know that. Cool. He previously worked with Shane Black, the director, on Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Tell me, tell me it's not weird 
that I brought up Tony Stark at the start of this episode completely randomly. And then you tell me that Robert Downey Jr. is an uncredited cameo in this film, which I had no idea about. Tell me that that isn't weird. Tell me. You can't, because it's weird. Uh, Well, the fact that you've just missed out on there is that the director of this also directed Iron Man 3. So that's an even bigger connection. I mean, that is cool. That's really cool. Wow. Wow. Also, he also seems to have, like, Christmas in all of his films. Iron Man 3 set at Christmas. There's Christmas at the end of it. It's Christmas at the end of this film because I thought he wasn't going to get it into this film, but he did. Oh, so he just loves Christmas. That's quite he sweet. He loves Christmas. Wow. Uh, also, though, I should say on Shane Black, he also hired a paedophile to be and a convicted paedophile to be in the Predator film that he directed recently. Who? Who? Uh, who? Well, I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, but okay. He was like Ooh. he was like convicted a convicted sex offender, and then Olivia. He had to have a scene with Olivia Munn in Predator, where he like hit on her and was like sexually aggressive. And Olivia Munn found out that he was a convicted convicted sex offender and reported it to Fox and they cut him from the film. Wow. But he's mates with Shane Black and Shane Black knew that he was a convicted sex offender. Um, um wow. Fun times. He's also in this film, but we won't go into that. Who, who, I don't know who he is okay, in this film. I think he's wow. only got, he has like bit parts in every film. But Okay, yeah. so we'll take it with a pinch of salt. It's a very good film. Maybe we don't condone the director 100%. Maybe we don't condone him completely. Yeah. But it's a very good film. <laughs> I just thought I just thought I should bring that up and just touch touch base with that. Yeah, fact because and we are it. we are woke AF and we don't ignore the dark stuff because we're good people with a capital G and a capital P. Okay, that's we're, right. You might say that we're the. I was going to say the good guys, but the film's called The Nice Guys. <laughs> I was trying to make a nice guys joke, but it didn't quite work. This is the shit sequel starring me and Tom. <laughs> well, interestingly, like there's been a lot of call for a sequel to this. And um, I don't need it. I feel like the Russell, film was perfect. Russ, Russell Crowe said that he this is one of the films that he's been in that he wishes there would be a sequel to because he enjoyed playing the character. Ryan so Gosling said no sequels though. Yeah, but like they would like they would make a sequel, but it didn't do well perform well at the box office. Like it was like cri- critically acclaimed. This mm. film really well received critically, but people just didn't go see it. I mean, I didn't go That's see sad. it. No, I didn't. You know? No, I didn't. Yeah, because I am the you know the messiah of the box office. I mean, if we, I didn't go see it. Then <laughs> we do see you know, a lot of films. Shit. To be fair, in non-COVID times, Tom and I are we are wielders of the uh, Cine World Unlimited. We'll go see any old shit. Don't care what it is. Any old shit. <laughs> any I mean, old shit. At the time that this film came out, I wasn't a Cine World Unlimited wanker. But um, yeah, me neither. I think I was still at uni. So, to be honest, yeah, couldn't afford it. So yeah, it didn't do well at the box office. I think it only made like only made. 10 million Ugh, pocket money uh, pocket you know, money what are you gonna do with 10 mil do you know what i mean come on guys <laughs> um I, I mean it made more than that but like budget budget wise it made 10 million over its budget so yeah. it only made 10 million profit i um i really enjoyed misty mountains i thought she was a a great addition to the film the um the porn star nice ginormous fake boobies brilliant uh, i'm glad you said it <laughs> um <laughs> she, her name is Misty Mountains. It comes from one of the financing studios, by the way. Ah. Nod to them. Um, so yeah, it starts off with her crashing her car, and she she's dead. And one of I've got a few notable quotables from this. Oh, film. lovely! And uh, her her line as she dies is, "How'd you like my car, big boy? <laughs> How'd you like my car, big boy?" Which actually is actually a little it becomes relevant for the, yeah. for the plot of the film. But at the time, funny. 
Um, At the time, you're just like, why did she say that to an eight-year-old boy? (laughs) Also, why is she naked in a car crash? Because she's like fully naked, right? She's got got a shirt on, but the shirt's open so that you can obviously see her boobs. Yeah, big Um, buns. Because why why wouldn't you want to see her boobs? Well, exactly. She looks like she paid a lot of money for them. So get them out, love. Get get them out. (laughs) And then Ryan Gosling's hired by her aunt because her aunt reckons that she saw her two days after her death yeah um so he's trying to find her and he he's looking at this amelia girl because he thinks she's got something to do with it mm-hmm. then amelia hires russell crowe to stop ryan gosling looking for her that's how they become interlinked yeah and then i forget how they like get they why they continue to oh because russell crowe gets a visit from like two enforcer types who are looking for amelia yeah so then he's like hiring uh he hires Ryan Gosling to help him look for Amelia. Mm-hmm. And they go on a wacky buddy cop adventure. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And they cover this conspiracy because it turns out that they made a porno film to uncover all the fucking the government and the car companies for not cutting down on emissions from their cars. And yeah, all it this. turned out to be basically a group of hippies making a expose with a porn star because they wanted the mainstream attention of yeah. sex cells basically didn't they so and the, her the girl that they're looking for's mom is like the da or whatever so she's like covering it up but they don't realize mm-hmm. that she's covering it up because she then hires them to find her daughter and all this shit yeah and then they get double crossed and it's just a great wacky 70s buddy cop film really good really funny and lots of people die as well yeah because they they find the girl and then she's like budding along with them for a bit and then she gets killed but then they save the day in the end and everyone gets exposed. And then they form their own agency called the Nice Guys Agency. And that's why I think there could be a sequel. Yeah, definitely. This feels like an origin story, doesn't it? Yeah, this was also originally going to be a TV show. Oh, okay. It was like originally, uh, like the original concept was a TV show, but then they thought that the plot really wasn't going anywhere. So yeah. they made it into a film instead. Hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Do you want some of my other quotes yes please uh i can't remember who someone says rumpy pumpy oh yeah i really enjoy that <laughs> yeah me too uh no i didn't janet <laughs> yes <laughs> the daughter his daughter's uh ryan gosling's daughter's friend janet just gets like shat on all over the place oh god it's um, funny oh also after he breaks his hand and he has a cast on did you see what was on his cast yes it was a goose <laughs> it was a goose I someone drew a goose too. apparently that's a reference to a shane black film where there's a a picture of a duck hmm. but i was like no come on it's a yeah. goose it I is will... a goose yeah yeah definitely i i'm saying it's a goose it's categorically undisputedly a goose thank you and then his his daughter says to him because they're bowling he's like what are you doing she says i'm giving you a rim job <laughs> and he's like rim shot You're giving me a rim shot <laughs> uh, that's funny oh good then they <laughs> they uh they interview a young boy and he says, I offered to show them my dick because I got a big dick. <laughs> He's literally that's, 12, isn't he? <laughs> that's a good... And then he follows that up with, Do you, you guys want to see my dick? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I loved that. Don't say and stuff. Just say they're doing anal. Because <laughs> one of the porn stars... There's a running joke throughout that like he's trying to correct the daughter's grammar. Or they're correcting each other's grammar. Yeah. And she, they're at a porn star party. And the porn star's like... Oh yeah, we were doing anal and stuff, and the daughter's like, uh, "Don't say and stuff; just say that they were doing anal." <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, his relationship uh, with his daughter is really cute. 
The daughter's really good. She's actually. really good, yeah. Another Marvel connection. She's in both Spider-Man films with Tom Holland. In in school with him? Or? Yeah, she well yeah. she she's um Betty plays Betty Brant. She's on the news broadcasts. Uh yeah, yeah. She's like the news reporter and the and her co-anchor is always like hitting on her and she's like fuck off. Uh, <laughs> very good oh what have i got any more i swear to god you get up i'll shoot you in the cock <laughs> <laughs> fantastic i think i'm invincible it's the only explanation because ryan gosling character ryan gosling's character keeps falling off stuff and just shot at, surviving and every yeah. time he just survives and like doesn't get hurt it's <laughs> just outstanding i could watch it again right now this, it's so this, funny this is the kind of like wacky comedy but like it's, I say wacky comedy, but it's still, like, grounded, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like, the, you just have to watch, I think, to, like... It's just a very good very good film. Very, very good film. I um, would definitely recommend it, yes. Very good, It's also got very Matt funny. Bomer in it as well, as the bad guy. Yeah, he's playing, like, the thin man type of character. If you've seen Charlie's Angels, it's basically the same character. If you haven't seen it, then no. watch it. Jesus, Tom! But, uh... Yeah, he's like an assassin that's trying to. Ki- he's out to kill them, and he's very he's very good at, in that part. Um, he is, yeah. It's just a fucking good film. It's man. just fucking good. It's funny. Ryan Gosling in a comedy role is just the peak. Like, oh, I- it's got an epic, epic soundtrack. Oh, fantastic! Fantastic! All the, all the 70, all your greatest seventies hits that you could ever wish for. Bit of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Do you remember? Or- the 21st night of September. Bum, Do you know, bum, I once bum. had a friend try to tell me that the lyrics to the song September by Earth, Wind and Fire were, do you remember the 21st night of December? <laughs> and I was Not like, this again. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the, <laughs> the song is song. called September. Yeah. Why oh my would God. the lyrics contain December? And they're no. like, I don't know. I just God. always thought it was December. <laughs> was like, oh, that wasn't God. me, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't you, wasn't you? Jokes. I've always known it's September. Wink, wink. If you've not seen The Nice Guys, fucking get on that shit, man. Get on it because it's funny. The aesthetic is 10 out of 10 and it's not too long. It's like an hour and 35 minutes, which is it's perfect really not length long at all. for a film. Like, that's what all films should be. Anything more than it's, that. It's fun. It's a chore. You get in, you get out, you get gone. There's <laughs> in some out, out loud, loud moments. And then this, this fact comes especially for you, Emma. Oh, God. Their film ends with a toast between the two main characters. And the line is, to the birds. And it is delivered by two men whose surnames are bird-based. Russell Crowe <gasps> and Ryan Gosling. Because, I don't know if you know Emma. Right, but okay. Gosling I can see what's happening here. Baby Goose. Very funny, yeah. Very funny. Laugh it up. <laughs> so that's why I wrote that one down. But yeah, they've both got bird... Avian surnames that is funny I, do you know what i thought because there was a bee involved at some point i thought that they were making a birds and the bees joke but i just it went over my head probably that I did. well no the, no the bee joke is that ryan gosling is like obsessed with killer bees <laughs> yeah you know, like killer bees are brought up several times throughout the film yeah well that's why birds felt random and then he had um uh, he has like a dream sequence, doesn't he? Where there's a fucking massive bee in the back of that the car. That was so far. I I thought he was Which on drugs. Which comes out of nowhere. I thought he like... was on drugs, but it was just because he was asleep at the wheel. <laughs> Which also leads to another funny moment because in that dream sequence, Russell Crowe's character tells him that he's got an ankle gun on, doesn't he? And then <laughs> yeah. there's like a shootout later in the film, <laughs> he and Ryan Gosling drops to the ground and is like scrambling to find the <laughs> ankle gun, and Russell Crowe's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> And he's like, I'm looking for your ankle gun. He's like, I don't have an ankle gun. He's like, oh, <laughs> so I dreamed good. that as well. Oh, okay, cool. 
Oh, Ryan, honestly, Ryan Gosling's comic timing in this is just so spot on. It's fantastic, it's just... and it has been in every sort of funny role that he's done. Like, I feel like the average Ryan Gosling fan or person that knows he exists thinks of him in like a romantic role because of the notebook mm. brought him to like fame. But no, he was born to be funny. He's I mean, fucking hilarious. When you've seen him, you know, in such comic roles as The Believer. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, dear Stop. Me. Stop right there. Thank you very much. No, he was he was he was born to be a com- comedy actor. I mean, he's also a great actor in general, but he's very funny. What we've learned is he can do anything, but my favorite This man is can funny. do well, this is so this uh Daisy asked us I think last week in our letters from the honor roll why we picked Ryan Gosling and like it was sort of as I wankily said uh you get a feeling for these things <laughs> or it just felt right but also the reason that I like Ryan Gosling uh is cuz I feel like he just does whatever the fuck he wants do you know what I mean he's like oh I've well we're going to go on to this but I've not done a musical film yeah let's do a musical oh I've not done a sci-fi film let's do a sci-fi film I like film. to think he's just got some sort of like check box or like bingo card for himself yeah. of all the things he wants to do and i respect oh, I've it i've not done a biopic let's do a biopic do you know what i mean yeah oh i've not done a horror let's do a horror what a hun what a hun what a guy what a guy what a guy uh anyway nice should we give guy. this a rating yes let's <laughs> you just make a nice guy's joke i did yeah <laughs> what a nice guy yeah so, so anyone surely... who's not listened before oh yeah you explain we have to, we have you explain. to explain the rating system emma yeah we usually go off the actor's name. Mm-hmm. So for Ryan the Goosey Gosling, we have gone for, is it a Juicy Goosey, a good film, or a Lucy Goosey, a bad film? <laughs> and sometimes we go based off uh, of the film's name as well. We do a pun based off the film's name. Mm-hmm. Usually that uh, includes Emma just <laughs> whacking shit into the title of the film. <laughs> So for this, I would Im- an example of that would maybe be the nice guys or the shite guys. I, I was going to say the nice guys or the nasty guys, actually. Oh, okay. So you well, can go shove that think, shit right up your arse. I think since I've highlighted the fact that Emma shoved shit into every film, <laughs> she's now actively avoiding doing it. I mean, I will say for myself, I tended to shove piss into the film title. <laughs> So we were both shit and piss oriented. Ew, we're just horrible people. <laughs> so the nice guys on the nasty guys. Nice guys. I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Because they're the nice guys. Because mm-hmm. it's a good film. It's very juicy, very good, very nice. Very nice. Is nice. <laughs> Random Borat reference. Okay, so. <laughs> I loved it. Okay, so we'll move on to then. And this is going to be where the battle lines are drawn, I think. I don't see your problem. I really don't know what your problem is. I just genuinely don't know what your problem is. (laughs) You you might be you might be pleasantly surprised. Okay. So La La Land. Oh, this film. This film. So we'd probably need to do a bit of background on this. Okay. After you. So La 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 Land's film came out 2016. Mm -hmm. I went to see it uh, with my friend when I was in Manchester. 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 And (laughs) I came out of the film feeling a bit like, oh, it was all right. Wasn't. I'd heard loads of good things about it before I went to see it, so maybe it was hyped up to me. I'd heard that it was like this amazing, like you know, groundbreaking musical homage, blah blah blah. Homage. I came out and I thought, I thought like, oh, it's all right. And then I came back and was talking to Emma about it, and you'd been to see it with our group of friends, yeah. And you were all like raving about it. 
going on about how heartbreaking it was. Mm-hmm. You were all in floods of tears <laughs> at the end of the film. Yep. Like, oh my God, I can't ever watch that film again because it's so triggering. It's such a traumatic, <laughs> emotional experience. Oh my God, La La Land, what the fuck? And I was like, sorry, what? Did we see the same film? Like, what is going on here? And so, to me, it's always been like, when people bang on about La La Land, I've been like, it was all right. Right. Like, I don't see what the big fuss is about. Okay. So this was another another reason that we chose Ryan Gosling because we wanted to, you know, bury the hatchet. Because yeah. I will say, since I saw La La Land in cinemas in 2016, I've never watched it again. So I've seen this film once before and this is the second time that I've watched it. I think I have With seen it With an extra twice. four or five years ex- life experience and time to think about the film. Yeah, so I, I've seen it the once in the cinema, which broke me. And then I think I was having like a casual depression afternoon in maybe like late 2017. Oh, and I was like, I want those. something I want something to make me feel shit. So I watched La La Land and then I watched it again two nights ago. Um, and yeah, so three and times. cried your eyes out like a little bitch again. <laughs> I did. It never gets easier, Tom. It never gets easier. Right. So I'll just cut, cut the bullshit now. Both times I've watched this film, I've been dry as a bone. Right. And and as has been, I've documented on our social media. I I am a crier. Mm-hmm. I I'm not afraid to cry at a film. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not optional. But <laughs> I don't understand why you cry at this film. Should we get into the film and what it's about, and then come to the end? Yeah, because... we'll, put, we'll put a pin in that. Yeah, we'll put and a then pin we'll in come it. back to it. We just I've just dog-eared the page and let's so go. That that's what we're. Remember, listener, that's what we're coming back to. A little <laughs> teaser for you to settle Ooh. the score. Um, so it's a film about two people in LA trying to like follow their dreams, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like a, m- most people have probably seen La La Land. Yeah, um, I should hope my, so. My issues with it when I first watched it, as opposed to watching it this time, uh-huh. because this time I enjoyed it a lot more. Oh, that's good to know. I'm I think relieved. I'd gone in. I think I'd gone into it like expecting it to be like a modern because i'd heard that it was like an amazing modern musical that Mm. was like a homage to the classic movie musical Mm. and i think i went into it expecting it to be because also i know pasek and paul who were two musical theater composers Mm -hmm. uh, who also wrote the music and songs for the greatest showman ah a favorite of yours a favorite of mine Mm -hmm. they wrote they actually didn't write the music they wrote the lyrics to this but so I was expecting it to be that kind of style, and mm-hmm. then it wasn't. And it's a much more grounded musical. Yes. With homages to classic movie musicals. Yeah. So I think that's where I was sort of... Okay. Well, do you know that, what's interesting? So I, I built it up to be something, and then it yeah. wasn't that thing. Do you know do you what know, I mean? Do you know what's interesting for me? I hadn't watched any trailers. I didn't know that it was a musical when I first went in. I was ah, expecting right. I was expecting like something like the Cafe Society, which came out around the same time, which was wank, by the way, don't waste your time. But I was expecting something that was a bit like kind of old Hollywood style, like more of a drama. So when mm. that opening scene starts panning over the highway in LA boom, and you start boom, hearing boom, the music, boom, 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 boom. I was like, and you know me, I love musicals. I was like, what the fuck? What the, what the fuck is happening? Is this a, is this a fucking musical? Is this a fucking musical? <laughs> and I was like, uh, 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 I was so happy. So I had the complete opposite experience because I, I didn't also, watch any trailers. Also, I was in drama school at the time that this came out. So extra about snobby. To, about, about to leave drama school, in fact. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of this film is like around how your dreams are going to be shat all over, right? 
It's a bit too and I real. Don't, I don't think I was personally ready to accept that that was reality. Okay, Whereas I get that. Now, now that <laughs> I'm five years out from it or whatever, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Because also a, a theme of this film is about people growing up, right? It is, yeah. Like Ryan Gosling's like, I've grown up, I've realised that my dream isn't going to be how like how I mm-hmm. imagined it. Because he sort of sells out a bit, doesn't he? He does, yeah. Um, to make a bit of money. And I, th- I think, yeah, I think that resonated with me. Yeah. There's a time that I did, right, I teared up once. Okay, go on. In this film. But I didn't cry, but a tear came to my eye. <laughs> was when Emma Stone was doing her, like, here's to the dreamers. Oh, yeah. Monologue. About her that. auntie. Yeah. Yeah. I get goose pimples just thinking about it. Which I think, so, you know, I like to look up facts about films. Oh, yeah. Do there you? There is <laughs> obviously so many fucking facts about this film. I don't even, um, I can't even imagine. So I haven't written them all down. But I've got a fair, I've got a fair whack of them. A fair whack. So that's that film. That scene was all shot in one take. Mm-hmm. Emma Stone was allowed to decide when it transitioned from monologue to song. Ah. So there was usually in a song, it's like this bit is spoken and then it transitions. But mm-hmm. they were like, Emma, you decide. And the pianist was like playing in the room next to her in an earpiece or whatever. And she was delivering the monologue. And then she was like, okay, now it's going to be a song. Oh, that's they sweet. Eight, they did eight or nine takes. Wow. And then they chose, like, take two. It's powerful. It's very powerful. Yeah. And I think my main issue with it, the first time I watched it, was I was like, I enjoyed it. And then it, it was the end that, that I didn't like. And I was just like, right. this is a bit weird, a bit confusing. But I liked it better the second time. Hmm. But yeah, I teared up at that song, I think, because, yeah, it's more about, like, people whose dreams don't come true and all that. Yeah, I mean, we can all fucking relate to that, can't we? You have to grow yeah, up, yeah. get a nine to five, because you have to pay the bills... And before you know it, you forgot why you ever went to uni in the first place or mm. why you ever dreamed in the first place. And you wonder why Poor I cry at this film. beating you down. And <laughs> I think I was just a lot more optimistic when I was at uni. Mm. Well, I did English. There's nothing to be optimistic about because you know that that's a pointless degree anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Avenue true, Q true. did a whole song about how dumb my degree is, okay? <laughs> what do you do with a BA in English? What is my life going to be? Four years, Four of, years college of college, plenty of and knowledge, plenty of knowledge, has earned me this useless degree. No offense to all my um my fellow graduates. Can't pay the bills yet because I have no skills yet. The world is a big scary place. We're just reciting the lyrics to Avenue <laughs> Q. What are we did? What has Nerds. this podcast become? <laughs> so yeah, I like, and also the first time I felt like none of the songs were memorable. Really? But I haven't been able to stop singing a lot of them since watching it. Yesterday, I so. I had what I had a lovely night or whatever it's called stuck in my head before I'd even watched the film again because I was just imagining that scene where Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are on the LA hills at I mean that sundown, is iconic that scene and like, the dancing the tap the yellow dress the hat oh my god everything about it is amazing <laughs> I love it so much so the, what I will say that like. Yeah, from watching it last time and watching it this time, that scene I still liked the first time. Like, the whole cinematography of it and all that, it's a very pretty film. I've always said that about it. It's gorgeous. That scene is fucking iconic. I've got a fact about that scene. Oh, okay. If you would would like it. I care to listen. So, the crew had a limited time window of 30 minutes within two days to film the magic hour dusky purple twilight Hollywood Hills dance sequence. Wow. So according to the director, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling managed five takes in two days, where after each take they would go back to the starting point with the assistants wiping the sweat from 
them from the, doing the dance routine and then doing it again. And the fourth wow. take is the one that is used in the film. Oh, brilliant. it's just brilliant. Because a lot, a lot of this film was shot on location, not on sets. Oh, okay. That's cool. To like, I guess, to, to show what LA is really like. The authentic Hollywood experience. Yeah. So, yeah, they had half an hour over two days. And I think it was between 7.20 and 7.50 p.m. Well, if I'm ever days. in LA, I know where I'm going and at what time. <laughs> to I've check that out there. you've been there yeah i went to la <gasps> two years ago now do you know what i remember you going i didn't know you went to that hill though well yeah because i went i went to the griffith observatory oh i'm so jealous i want to go because i was like yeah there's a is this when you went to the grand canyon it was at that holiday yeah yeah so so cool went, went to like las vegas and then to drove down to la oh god living the dream yeah honestly but there's there's a there's this really cool thing in the griffith observatory okay which is in the film you only see it briefly okay when they're walking through also it wasn't that empty when i went <laughs> and i went around a similar time of it's night. almost like you're not um a film production company <laughs> yeah yeah but they've got this pendulum in there mm-hmm. that like exhibits the spin of the earth and it's so cool. Ooh. So they've hooked this pendulum that's always swinging. Yeah. But they've they've rigged it in a way. I'm not going to be able to explain this properly. Mm. But they've rigged it in a way that the the hinge that it's swinging on always swings like in a straight line, right? But the hinge itself is free of being locked to the ceiling. Mm. So the so that pendulum is always swinging backwards and forwards. Yeah. And then as the earth rotates it appears that the pendulum changes direction and there's like a little circle at the bottom and they put little like dominoes on there and then as it's swinging it slowly makes its way around the circle and knocks all the dominoes over but it's like the pendulum's not moving the earth's moving that's cool like it like tells you how many minutes it will take before it hits the next domino ah that's how fast the earth spins i'm sorry but why didn't they give an explanation about that in the film because I genuinely would have loved to see that. I think um, <laughs> they should have written a song quite, about it. <laughs> probably quite hard to fit into a song. <laughs> wow, no, that's really cool. I'm this jealous. Pendulum, <laughs> it keeps swinging. <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh my god! Wow, cool. Observatory pendulum, are you swinging just for me? <laughs> Tell you what, Patrick and Paul. I want, I get want on the doll. I want the full version. I want the full version on my desk by Friday. <laughs> okay. I want another one stacked. <laughs> oh, that's a point. Um, J.K. Simmons is in this. <laughs> oh yeah, he is. He's brilliant. Very briefly. Just and always happy part, to see him. Possibly is the end where he like does a little dancey thing. Yeah, that's brilliant. In Loved the that. dream sequence. That's a beautiful sequence. Oh my god. Oh uh, god. I've just got so many facts and I can't get through them all. So Ryan Gosling had to learn to play piano. Yep, I knew this. This is really cool. And originally all the the music was recorded by a pianist, but then he spent two hours a day, six days a week in piano lessons, learning to play the music by heart. And by the time filming began, he was able to play all of the piano sequences flawlessly so they didn't have to use CGI hands or hand doubles. The, the respect I have for Ryan Gosling continues to grow. And both he and Emma Stone had to be trained by the choreographer. So, personally. so cool. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, John Legend. He's obviously, he's in the film, but he is traditionally a keyboard player, a, p- a piano player. Yeah. And his character plays guitar. Yeah. And Ryan Gosling plays guitar and couldn't play piano. So they both had to learn the opposite, opposite instrument. Opposite instrument. Oh, that's cool. What else? Oh, you know the scene 
where Ryan Gosling's in the jazz bar yeah. and he's like playing the music really fast and then the camera like pans to Emma Stone and she does a dance and it pans back. Mm-hmm. That's all done in camera. That's all one take. No way. So like if you watch the behind the scenes video of it, he's got a guy because that's quite a hard feat to carry off when you're carrying the big film cameras because yeah. this was all shot on film as well, by the way. Wow. So like it's a film camera. So there's a guy like fucking lugging this massive fuck off camera around. God, he like, must have it. skills like pure skills and strength. Um, as again. I'm geeking out on all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I just love all this shit. All this shit. It is cool, though, and it's so impressive. It makes you appreciate the film even more like yeah. than you already do. So, Oh, this this is a big boy of Ooh, a fact. Ooh, a big boy. So Damien Chazelle is known for using long, uninterrupted un- takes in, his, in the film. Yeah. But he also uses one sequence in revert, like rewound so in this planetarium scene mm. where they go on this big dream sequence they're like floating through the planetarium and it mm-hmm. ends with them floating down perfectly into their chairs yeah and they lean in and kiss and it zooms in on them and it like <gasps> goes to a black circle oh. that entire sequence is played backwards that so makes they sense it, they shot it with them kissing coming out floating apart because like they land so perfectly yeah it's, like amazing but wow. yeah it's because the whole thing is backwards so they actually like kissed got pulled out of the chairs and then the camera panned backwards, but then they, in the film, they play it in reverse. God, that's so, so that cool. It looks perfect. It's impressive as well because I feel like it's not that easy to make reverse footage not look weird. Yeah, because it like, doesn't look weird at all, does no, it? No, it doesn't. It looks really natural. God, that's cool. God, that's then, good. God, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> we haven't had one of them for a few weeks. <laughs> here's another interesting, just craziness of Hollywood. Okay. Emma Watson turned down the role of Mia. Thank fuck Due for that. Due to scheduling conflicts with Beauty and the Beast. Thank fuck. While Ryan Gosling turned down the role of the Beast in that film to appear in La La Land. <gasps> oh my god, that is weird. Co- coincidentally, they are both musicals. Thank Ironically, god that Ryan Emma Gosling Stone, chose this. Emma Stone would later drop out of the role of Meg March in Little Women due to scheduling conflicts with promoting The Favourite. And huh. Watson was cast to replace her in that part. Well, I, I personally think that... It all worked out because all of the roles that they were all eventually in were good for them. Yeah, and Emma Stone was casting this after the director saw her in Cabaret on Broadway. Nice. Oh, that's sweet. So he, he knew she had the theatre chops. <laughs> You're going to be a star. You're going to be a star, honey. You're going to be a star. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. I loved her in this. Like, this is this is Emma Stone. At her finest, I think. So the the only bit that I would say that I didn't like her in was in, you know, where all her friends are trying to get her to go to the party. Mm. She looked at... She, I felt like she was a little bit awkward in that bit. I like, feel like that was kind of the point, though. Yeah. Also, one of the friends in that is um, the girl from Happy Death Day. She is, yeah. I can't remember her name, but yeah, the blonde girl. I recognise yeah, yeah. her I straight like, away. Because I her. love Happy Death Day. And Happy Death Day too. Yeah, that's you. also brilliant. <laughs> Make Happy Death Day 3, Hollywood. Where's Happy Death Day to You is one of the rare sequels that I think is almost better than the first. Well, that, do you know why that, that is, Emma? Because it took, takes heavy inspiration from Back to the Future 2. And as we all know, that is the best film that's ever been made. So I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not. Because well, I know I that Back, I'll lose. I think Back to the Future is the perfect film, but it's also my favourite film. But <laughs> Back to the Future 2 does my favourite time travel thing where they go back to the first film. Mm-hmm. But like it's just done so perfectly. Back to the Future Three 
we can take it or leave it but it is yeah. necessary because back to the future 2 ends on a cliffhanger back to the future so, 2 is the best back to the future in my opinion but why didn't they call it back to the future i think that would have been corny <laughs> <laughs> too fast too futurous <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man yeah dear. good <laughs> Yeah, La La Land, um, obviously you've got the famous Oscar mix-up with it not winning Best Picture but being announced as winning Best Picture. Lol. Aww. Not seen Moonlight, but... I saw Moonlight in, I saw Moonlight with my best friend in the Electric Cinema in Birmingham, which is one of the oldest cinemas in the UK. It was very, very snobby. Very snobby. Oh. Oh. Um, It's a good film. It is good. Was it better than La La Land? No, but whatever. We won't get into it. But it, it holds the record for most nominations with uh, it's Titanic and another film that I can't remember, but they all got 14 nominations. Oh, wow. But it was the only one of the three that hold that record not to win Best Picture. Mm, damn, that hurts. And it broke the record for most Golden Globes won with seven wins, beating One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That's impressive. That's really impressive. It deserves it. And I think the director is the first director to win Best Director at the Golden Globes for a musical since uh, Bob Fosse. I feel like La La Land is one of them things that people say that they don't like because it's really popular. Like, it's become one of them that people are like, I don't like La La Land because it's lame. And I'm just like, shut up. It's amazing. I want to say I never didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it was good as pe- the rap people gave it. I just but, love everything about it, like the whole well, aesthetic. I haven't watched the... it again and yeah. been mature about it. All the callbacks yeah, to old Hollywood and just Emma Stone's character, I think I resonate with as someone who's always been a creative and um, well, apparently Emma had Stone's, dreams. Emma Stone's character pretty much like resembles her life. That's cute. Well, that's even more emotional then because she's made it. She dropped out of school to go live in LA and all that and... All that shit. Right. God. Let's discuss the end. Okay, so this film... Why does it make you cry? They fall in love and... Do you know what? This might turn into a bit of a therapy session. I don't know if I'm ready for it, but it makes me cry. And it makes me emotional because I feel like I am someone who has always had big dreams, has always been creative and wanted to do so many different things. Like I pictured my life maybe moving away somewhere, chasing some crazy dreams. And then I fell in love. <laughs> Ew. You Gross. big uh, uh, feelings. <laughs> I know. And I moved back home to where I'm from, which I swore I would never do. I swore I would never move back here. I was like, I'm never coming back. I'm leaving. I'm going to chase my dreams, mommy. You'll never see me again. And I think it just... Start spreading the news. (laughs) I'm leaving today. I think it's just a bit overwhelming when you you have to weigh up your dreams with your relationship. And that's something that's very real to me and it always has been. And I don't regret any decisions I've made. God, I I sound like I'm on like fucking Joe Rogan or something, like (laughs) being interviewed. Like, I don't regret my decisions. But I think it's not... Like I, I'm questioning their choices or what they did, but I think it's the the sort of alternative timeline scene where Emma Stone imagines what it would have been like if Ryan Gosling had never gone on this tour with John Legend. They had had babies, they got married, they were living their lives together, and then none of it actually happened. And you just start to picture all these different timelines of of other things that might have happened in your life. And I think as a, like I said, a creative person, I keep saying it, it just hits home, like. 
because you I've had to make so many hard decisions and I am where I am because of tough choices I've made and now I am where I am <laughs> and now I am an up and coming YouTuber and I'm Sorry, loving life se- seeing as we're talking about a musical I thought I'd get into yeah, I, musical references now I have an award winning podcast and um, a very <laughs> successful <laughs> very successful YouTube what channel what awards have we won <laughs> So I think it just makes me cry because it's overwhelming. And that, that look they give each other. Also, it makes me cry because I just can't believe there's more than You're one nice boy out there. I am a little bit, yeah. I just, For fuck's sake. <laughs> I can't believe there's more than one nice man out there either. That just seems like fake. <laughs> fake news. Fake news. So yeah, it just gets me, man. It gets me in my bones. Well, apparently it's supposed to be uh, an exploration of what would have happened if their their relationship had thrived along with their careers so i don't think yeah. it's necessarily like oh if he hadn't gone with john legend then we'd be okay mm-hmm. i think it's like oh it didn't work out cuz it didn't work out cuz like that that's why it's not sad for me mm. cuz it's like sometimes these things don't work out do you know what i mean um yeah i think that's of, nice but it, maybe this will make you feel a little bit better about it okay so when the film won Best Picture at the New York Film Critics Circle Awards, mm-hmm. think of a better name, guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the director revealed that the ending sequence was partially inspired by the 1927 film Seventh Heaven. Ooh. In that film, the lead character Pharrell, played by Charles Pharrell, mm-hmm. goes off to war and dies. But his wife, informed of his death, holds on to the irrational hope that he is still alive. Aww. And the, stu- the studio made the director shoot a happy ending in which he returns alive. So this gave him the idea that both realities can exist simultaneously because the woman's love for her man is strong enough to make it so. In this case, the laws of time and physics cease to exist. So in, so one way to interpret the ending of La La Land is that the epilogue is equally as true as the narrative of which it is part. Wow. Well, so you can have your cake and eat it too. I'm sad. No, I'm not sad. I just It just gets me, man. It just fucking gets me. I don't, I don't understand, like, because it's not like, it's yeah right. It's sad that they didn't end up together because they clearly did. Like, I love think each it other. just completely flips on its head what you expect from a romantic film. You expect them to get together. You expect them to have the babies and get married. And when they don't, it's like that's not meant to well, happen. That, that's that's what it's it's showing. It's like <laughs> yeah, I know, it, but it, it's, it doesn't it's mean the, I agree that's, with that's it. The class, that's the classic. Yeah, what you see at the end in the dream sequence is the classic. Mm. stage film movie it was all version fine. of what their life would have been where they yeah. didn't have really any obstacles and yeah. things worked out but fine. this is why I love this film so much because it really makes you think <laughs> makes you think she have so, a think about that movie musical that I can watching. understand why she. people don't get emotional at it I think you have to be a certain type of person and, and have certain thoughts in order to find it a bit overwhelming I said, like um, it's, I said it's to a my, bit a sweet ending but I, would, yeah. like, I wouldn't say it's emotionally devastating I said to my friend Harriet that Luke doesn't find it sad at all. And she went, you can tell Luke's never been a creative. (laughs) (laughs) But but, am I going to give myself the tag creative? Yes. But I don't know. It's just like, oh, Oh, yeah, it's sad. But, you know, these things don't happen sometimes. That's a very rational way to think. I'm like, you must be with your first love. You must. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Should we give this a, a rating? Yes. So, I've got one. I've got one. Go for it. <laughs> Was it La La Land or La La Lame? <laughs> okay. It's a nice change of pace. Um, it was La La Land. Yeah. So you heard it here first, listener. I've changed my mind on La La Land. I think Yay. it is pretty good. It probably it does deserve all the praise that it gets. But 
With the caveat, I don't think the ending is emotionally devastating. It would be interesting to collect people's thoughts on whether they think it is or not. Maybe we'll do a poll, listener. When you've when you've listened to this bit, well, email in. Over. Let us know. Did do, do you cry? At yeah. the end of La La Land. Yeah, we want to know if so. On a roll pod at gmail.com. <laughs> and why? Do you cry? Yes or no? And why? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Brilliant. And then finally, <laughs> save the best till last. Song to Song. Oh, God. Song to Song is a film that Ryan Gosling appears in. The end. End of podcast. That's not yet. No, right. Song to Song is... Oh, it's a film... <laughs> It's a fucking film. <laughs> Genuinely, I can't say much more than it's a film that Ryan Gosling is in. Um, it is. He's in all of it. It is gash. So <laughs> it's about two song like performers trying to make their way in... Well, I'll start it off with a fact. <laughs> the only thing Tom does best. <laughs> he's a right. fact boy. At the film's premiere at the South by Southwest Festival, Ryan Gosling admitted he still wasn't quite sure what the movie was about. <laughs> You and me both, buddy. Right, so this film opens up with Rooney Mara saying something along the lines of, I always liked sex violent. For fuck's sake. And I was just like, oh, it's going to be one of them, is it? Um, yeah. Well, I've I've got a quote from the film that sums up just the dialogue in the film. Okay. Which also, according to Ryan Gosling, there was no script used while shooting this film. So I assume all these actors just came up with all the wanky-ass shit that they Ask said. Ask me if I'm surprised. I don't like to... I'll do it in the style that it's performed as well. Mm -hmm. I don't like to see the birds in the sky because I miss you because you saw them with me. Oh, God. What? Every time you saw birds in the sky, he was there, did you? Right. Fuck off. Listener, this film... I don't even want to waste my breath explaining right. it because Ryan nothing Go happens. Ryan Gosling is a guitarist, singer-songwriter. Rooney Mara is some kind of performer. Michael Fassbender is a producer. Like a hot Rooney Mara started off as his receptionist, I believe. Uh-huh. She starts sleeping with Michael Fassbender. Then, because they are both being, have the same producer, she ends up in a relationship with Ryan Gosling, but she's yeah. still sleeping with Michael Fassbender. Then at some point, Michael Fassbender becomes obsessed with Natalie Portman, who's a waitress. She gets with him. He's still sleeping with Rooney Mara. He's also sleeping with loads of other women and he gets Natalie Portman yeah. involved with it. She can't deal with it anymore, kills herself. Yeah. Rooney Mara tells Ryan Gosling she's sleeping with Michael Fassbender. They break up. They both have other relationships. Then they come back together and they end up together at the end of the film and they quit for the music business. <laughs> it's basically sort of the opposite of what La La Land is, but shit. I One thing I took from this film, Natalie Portman looks great blonde. Also, why? Like you're gonna, You would have to watch the film to know what I mean, but for the love of God, don't watch it. Um, but they are in a different property or house or apartment in every scene. It's like fucking location, location, location. Like, why can't they just film in one place or Hi, two I'm places? Michael Fassbender, <laughs> yeah. and I'm here with Ryan, Go Ryan and Rooney are looking for a fantastic <laughs> property in the LA location. That's what it's fucking like. Why are they in a different apartment in every scene? Where it's are also, they? It's also shot mostly with a wide-angle lens, almost fisheye. It is like, like a shot, 90s like, punk video. <laughs> documentary style as well. Yeah, it's all handheld, like, wide angle. It's just floaty, floating around yeah. them. And do you know what I noticed as well? There's no, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of like boom mic or anything near the actors. It almost feels like some sort of A-level film where it's just handheld cameras with just like yeah, a mic built in. It has and to you all be shot on location, everything. right? Yeah, you, you can, can just hear, hear all the background noise, all the traffic. And yeah. 
Oh my god! And I said I sent you a video, and I was like, "Tell me why this is how this film is shot." But yeah. it's like if you've ever watched the Vogue seventy-two questions, it's with, just like one of them, yeah. Which is like a floaty camera, and the actors are like <laughs> trying to act. The people that are being interviewed are trying to act like it's natural, but it's yeah. clearly scripted. Even though uh-huh. apparently this wasn't scripted, mm-hmm. but like Rooney Mara keeps looking at the camera. She's so annoying in this. Oh, Did also, you see, like. Wh- because it's there's supposed to not be a camera there, right? Yeah. It's not supposed to be like they're being followed around by a documentary crew because they're like mm-hmm. in the intimate personal moments. But she keeps looking at the camera. Come yeah, on, woman. And what are you being she, paid for? She wears a different wig, right, constantly. And me and Luke watched this together and I had to check that it was the same girl because she's... So did I. I so was literally I. like, right, is that Rooney Mara again or is this another girl? And for the first half an hour, I thought that there was well, I didn't, a couple I of girls. I didn't know that she was having an affair with Michael Fassbender because I thought Ryan Gosling had started a relationship with a separate woman. <laughs> Me too. And they just looked kind of similar. Me too. Me too. But wow. I think part of that is because this was shot over something like 40 days over like two or three years. Wow. So this was shot, this was released in 2017. It was shot in 2012 and 2013. That's you how can long- tell. That's how long it took to like for someone to go. Oh yeah, I guess we'll put this out. The most like, um, the most interesting thing about this film for me was that they went to a Texaco to fill up their car. You don't see many Texacos anymore, do you? <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake! And I said that to Luke out loud. I I exclaimed, "You don't see many Texacos no, anymore." I tell you what, <laughs> it's not often you see. It's not oft you see a Texaco. Well. This led us to look up that Texaco is actually a Texas-based fuel company and the film is in Texas. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> wow. Is that, that's why it's got text in it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. The more um, you know. Also, I've got um, a couple of good quotes from Luke watching this because he was very fucking unimpressed that I made him watch this yeah. film. So um, he said, for a film about music, there's not a lot of music, is there? <laughs> And um, <laughs> my favorite quote. Festivals. What more do you want? My favorite quote that he said. <laughs> he went, "Finally, a pair of tits." Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole film, he was like, "When is Natalie Portman gonna get her kit off?" <laughs> That's the Did only she get thing. Kit off? No, it was Rooney Mara's tits. But he was oh. like, "Finally, a pair of tits." <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and there's some like other strippers that, or I don't know if they're strippers. I don't want to assume they're. Their job role, but um, <laughs> that Michael Fassbender has like an affair with. Yeah, I think they get their boobs out as well. They do. Um, yeah. This film was so boring and felt so long that I went and watched <laughs> Zack Snyder's four-hour Justice League movie halfway through because I thought that would be more entertaining and fly by quicker. Because that's a little break from song to song, yeah. which is genuinely one of the worst viewing experiences I think I've ever had. It's the longest film I've ever watched, and it's yeah. just over two hours. How do you feel about this, though? Emma, <laughs> according to director Terence Malick, the first cut of Song to Song was eight hours long. <laughs> I think I would have taken my own life. <laughs> I I don't want to be hyperbolic there, but I think I would. Have, I think it would have forced me to. Is he aware that that a film can't be eight hours long? Like, what kind of obnoxious cunt have you got to be to say the first cut was eight hours? Here was me thinking Snyder cut was long. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> like, what is going on? Oh my and then, god! Eight hours of what? Nothing happens. Well, in apparently, the, in the they, two-hour they, version, because, because the like filming schedule was like so <laughs> sporadic or whatever, they would just film everything. 
Oh in case, like, God. something... Like, when they were driving between locations, they would put the actors in the front seats and film them in case anything interesting came and happened. So I guess they just put fucking everything in it. <laughs> and then, just just so you know that it's not just us that hate this film. Okay. <laughs> in the first press screening in LA, over 15 people walked out. What? And as soon as the movie ended, a woman went, Yay! And everyone <laughs> in the theatre agreed. <laughs> Do you know, this film was so boring that we have had a bottle of wine that we've been saving for a special occasion. Like, it's a really posh bottle of wine. And I got 45 minutes into the film and I had to open it because I was like, the only thing that's going to take the edge off this film is alcohol. So we had the whole bottle of wine while we watch this film just to feel something. It feels like you're on a a trip or something. I felt so... I just felt so deflated when I finished it because I'd felt like I'd wasted so much of my time. I had to put Shrek on just to feel happy again. <laughs> and that's exactly it, what I did. It feels like... <laughs> like So I've said it's like the, the, the questions with from Vogue or whatever. Yeah. But it's also like a, a perfume advert or something like that. Oh my God, you know it what I mean? is, you're right. It's like, just like, un, you're just like mumbling that you can't really understand and like yeah. touching and stupid camera angles. And then, I, I don't like to look at birds because I saw them with you. <laughs> There's also like, really gratuitous like cameos from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Iggy Pop. Yeah, it's because it? they, they filmed at a load of music festivals. Yeah, and it's just like, this. Ca- you can't save this film by including some popular artists. You can't. You can't do it, it. This film also went through about four different names. It was supposed to be called Lawless. And this Lawless. is what they came up with, song to song. It sounds like fucking Music Magpie. It, it sounds like some Lawless, then it was supposed to be called Limitless, then it was supposed to be called Weightless. Then it was spo- and then they finally went, yeah, song to song's good. Fucking but hell. One of the characters says, I want to live our life like we're living song to song. And apparently this is yeah. because he wanted to convey how life feels like a series of moments which is why there are so many songs and locations used in the film. It's so fucking pretentious. It's so fucking pretentious. It's, and just so shit. I love a wanky film. Like I am not one to turn my nose up at art house films. I love that shit. But come on. Come like, on. Ryan, this is directly to you. <laughs> you had such a good track record. Yeah. Like we hated so much of Ryan, of Robert Pattinson's filmography and we had to Watch so many wanky films, weird films, people getting, I always bring it up, people getting artificially inseminated <laughs> with rape wank. Stop. And uh, that just sticks with me. But this film, this film outweighs all of them combined. You might ma- like, they managed to condense <laughs> everything that I hated and had to sit through the hours and hours I had to sit through with Robert Pattinson. I had to sit through for fucking two hours of this fucking shite. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Sorry. And do you know what? I just... <laughs> I, I was just so angry. Do you know what hurts so me bad. as well? Is because Ryan was on such a good stretch, I I trusted him. Yeah. <laughs> and I shouldn't have. <laughs> I should never have trusted him because I feel betrayed. Honestly, I honestly do. It, oh, God. I don't think there's anything else we can say about it. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime if you want to subject yourself to waterboarding torture. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> um, do you want to know um, what I'm going to say for the rating for this film? <laughs> song to song or oh, song shit to shite? To shit. <laughs> oh, shit to shit. Yeah. Oh, I've got one. Oh, go on. Song to song or song to too fucking long. <laughs> I <laughs> I like the sort of um, 
the feel of that. Two hours too long. I like the feel of that, but yeah, I don't think any length of that film would be adequate other than zero. <laughs> it, it might have worked as a five-minute short. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> when it started, I was like, they can't keep... I saw that it was two hours. Two hours and eight minutes, actually, because I counted every single minute. <laughs> I kept checking how far through the film was. I was like, shit me, a minute's only gone by. Fuck. <laughs> it, I was like, surely they can't keep this film style and lack of narrative up for two hours and eight minutes. Yeah. But they fucking did. It was edited like a shitty A-level short film. I think my short film that I did for A-level film was better than this. And it was a found footage horror. <laughs> So, yeah. Oh, also, Christian Bale was supposed to be in this. Because that would have helped. He filmed three days and then was cut out in the editing process. I bet he's his devastated. Character was, his character was essentially Michael Fassbender's character. So. I bet he's gutted. Yeah. Wow. Heartbroken, I'm sure. Well, at least now we all know where um, where Texaco's well, it, based. It, it's shit to shit, isn't it? It's Fucking shit to wank. shit. <laughs> Fucking wank. <laughs> oh my god right it's made me want to go and watch high life again <laughs> <laughs> a place we swore we would never return to <laughs> right oh my fucking god that takes us on to the official ryan gosling ranking right brilliant uh, where we put in the nice oh I'll do the top five yeah Always top, got the top five. five you got any voices you want me to do can you do the top five to the tune of city of stars please <laughs> Number five, <laughs> it's gonna be stay. Oh yeah, love this. Number four, it's the notebook all the way. <laughs> Ooh. I can't remember any more of the tune. Who knows? Num. Oh, uh, I did number four. Number three, <laughs> remember the Titans for me. <laughs> <laughs> number two. It's Drive. Fucking <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then number one, it's The Big Short. <laughs> you gave it your best shot, and for yeah. that, I thank you. Hit me with your best shot. Fire um, away. Where we stick in the nice guys. It's top five for me, easy. It is a top, it's a top five for insects. Top five. I think uh, it's better than Remember the Titans, if I'm honest. Not better than Drive? No. No, yes, okay. no, 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 it's not. The nice guys. Um, <laughs> where are we sticking La La Lande? I mean, or... where would you stick it? <laughs> oh, dear me. Deary, dearie me. It's got to be, it's it's one side of the big short, it's, but I can't quite call it. It's. I think it should go above drive. Okay. And that's coming from a drive super fan. But it's not better than the big short. Personally, I think it is, but I think you might have something to say about that, so... I can't decide. I feel. I think La La Land's a, a better all rounder. Yeah. Big Ladies and gentlemen, La La, La a, Land. You're going to have a fight on your hands next week, though. As taking over the big shot. <laughs> uh, and then. Oh, that's all of them, isn't it? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, song sorry. To song. song to song. Song to song was not better than Kung Fu The Legend Continues. <laughs> Emma, it's not even up for question. <laughs> if anything, I'd already put it in there. <laughs> Song to Song has gone to last on the list, 39. It, Kung Fu The Legend Continues has been there consistently <laughs> for the entire series and Song to Song at the 11th hour has just fucking rocketed. Oh my Fantastic. God. Right. And then we're going to return again bam, bam, bam. 
to a hotly... It's taking off. It's doing numbers. It is. <laughs> it's letters from the honour roll. Yay! So we'll kick off with the three questions from Daisy. Okay. And then we'll head over, head on over to our other correspondence that we've received. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay. So when you were ki- when you were a kid, what famous celebrities would you like to be in the Mickey Mouse Club alongside? What? Like if, so if I... you were in the Mickey Mouse Club, yeah. which other celebrities would you want to be in the club with? Oh, what, like when I was little? Yeah. Ryan Gosling, Britney Spears, <laughs> Christina Aguilera. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Pretty much what the what the Mickey Mouse Club was at the time. Yeah, I just guess, fuck Justin I guess you Timberlake. Could use, you could use British celebrities. Um, I wasn't really a British celebrity kind of kid. I was very much on the Disney Channel, mm. on tell Nickelodeon. You what, if I was a kid, when I was a kid, I wanted to be on Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. Oh, that was sort of my cute. equivalent to the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, um, probably a bit more chaotic than the Mickey Mouse Club, but I would, I'd have liked to be on the, the Dick and Dick and Dom in the Bungalow Club. Yeah, that that would have been cute. I don't know what child stars were there when we were. I can't like think. I don't. I don't feel like I was aware of child stars because we I was kids. a child. Yeah. Yeah, Def- yeah. Definitely though, Britney, Ryan Gosling, and Christina because they're amazing. Maybe I'm trying to think who would be the right age. For when we were that age. Um, maybe like Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> I was going to say it's the Harry Potter kids. Yeah, right? yeah, it's the Harry Potter cast, surely. And then, right, you've got the part in La La Land. Oh, have who I? Would you, who would you want your leading, all dancing, all singing lady slash man to star alongside you to be? So who would you want? You're playing Emma Stone's part. Who would you want to play Ryan Gosling? R- R- Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't change. I would keep him. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Emma Stone is a pretty good fit, isn't she? Like, yeah, yeah. That's it's hard, a really it's hard boring to see answer. anyone else in those roles, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I'm maybe. Oh, oh, Harry Styles. Oh, there's a there's well, a there's if a weird we're going one for them. You. Then it would have to be like Margot Robbie. Oh my god! Someone. Imagine. Yeah. Oh, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> Fucking hell, Tom. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> do you or do you not think that Ryan's eyes are too close together? <laughs> um. Yes. Yes, I do. I, I'm going to counter that. I think they mm. probably are too close together. I also think they're wonky. Yeah, like they one's are wonky. higher than the other. <laughs> I notice it every movie. His but face is like lopsided. It suits him though. He's got a bit of charm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. That's, wow. That rounds out our questions for Daisy. She's got a few more next week, but <laughs> you know. Uh, and right, we've got one here from Keenan. Ooh. Ooh. Who is our, f- our first email from someone that we don't know? <laughs> thank, thank you, Keenan, for making us feel so he, special. He says, uh, "Hey guys." Just started listening to a few episodes since I've seen you post on the Ryan Gosling subreddit. Check it out. So we we do post there. Check I'm, it out. I'm a bit obsessed, lol. In short, I came because of Ryan and I stayed because of Tom and Emma. Aww. I have laughed out loud multiple times most episodes, which is not often the case for me. Thanks for making this show. Can't wait to hear you guys discuss some more of the Goose's most recent movies. Aww, I hope that him he hasn't seen Song to Song. <laughs> yeah. 
I have one question for you, which is this. Okay. Which of the Goose's roles so far do you think is the closest to his real personality? Ooh, Keep that's a good one. Keep doing the most, Keenan, the newest member of the Honor Roll, Honor Roll. Oh, it's great to have you, Keenan. What a what a fantastic question. Um, ooh, I would probably think that... Oh, I don't know. That's really hard, isn't it? I, I think it's got to be something like... Uh, where he's playing a more naturalistic role. Something I, I th- like I think, La La Land, I said maybe. That though, I think the nice guys might be quite similar to him, like goofing around. I get the feeling he's a goofy goosey, and yeah, the nice guys. Or something like, I mean, you'd hope it's true, like The Notebook, or he having said, having just slated the film, <laughs> I think he probably song to song is probably you, just him, because I, I would imagine yeah. they just filmed him, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with his character in Song to Song. Like I I could say a lot about Fassie's character, but Ryan Gosling's character is just him sort of having a chat, being a bit flirty, being fun. It yeah. seems like he's probably quite like that. Um I think any any role where, yeah, it's realistic and he's just goofing off, I imagine him to be like that in real life. Yeah. Especially after seeing him in some interviews and stuff. We know he's a silly boy. He's a silly boy. <laughs> so yeah. And then we'll go to so i hope that answers your question keenan yeah let us know let's which, have a which character do you think most exemplifies his real life personality let's know yeah. hit us back up we go to maya mm-hmm. now. hi tom and emma i've just finished episode 23 and i've just recovered from the usual hysterics <laughs> well <laughs> the usual we, hysterics oh, we are hilarious funny. So. <laughs> I normally listen during my commute to work, but I'm thinking I'm going to have to listen to this in private as I've started getting odd looks from passers-by as I'm laughing out loud or grinning stupidly to myself. That's cute. Are we, are we that? Someone else finds us as funny as we find ourselves. <laughs> Thank God for that. I particularly enjoyed starting the episode with the dumb stuff Tom's colleagues have said. It reminds me of some of the things my work colleagues say. We actually keep a book within the team where we record all the dumb things people say. Oh my God. One of my favourites includes a colleague telling us she made sushi without rice for dinner, which another colleague replied to with, so you just ate raw chicken. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh, That's good. (laughs) Also, I need to point out that you missed an opportunity with the rating of the big short. So this is... Oh. I'm putting all of the blame for this on you, Anna, because <laughs> you are our shit-based pun person. <laughs> you are our shit correspondent. So you, we went for the big shit. Yeah. When we should have gone for the big shart. Oh, I'm sorry, Maya. You're right. You're She's right. She's right and we are wrong. Egg on our face. Egg on I'm our face. Funny we should say that, actually. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys how much I love your podcast, and I've been telling everyone I know about it. Which is, Aww. we recommend that everyone who listens to this podcast does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but thank you. Thank you that you've been telling people. I've also started picking up and saying a lot of your phrases in real life, like egg on my face. Oh, brilliant. We're, in, we're, we're influencers. <laughs> we're influencing egg on my face. My question for you both is inspired by WandaVision. Out Ooh, of all the films slash TV Robert Pattinson and Ryan Gosling have been in, which universe would you choose to live in if you had to? Um... Big question. Ooh. Twilight. Twilight. Really? I'd be a fucking vampire, mate. Sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> I would. Um, I think for Ryan, the one that I'd probably want to live in. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to live in it, but it looks like a cool little universe. But there's like obviously issues with it. But Blade Runner's quite cool. Mm. But then I'm trying to think what else has he been in that I, I mean, quite liked. 
La La Land is, I mean, it is just our world, but I would like to live in a musical, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that would, that be, would be a cool. bit of a vibe. If not, I would take being a vampire. And that's also like a nicer version of LA, isn't it, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> and for Robert, because I guess we get one for each, right? Yeah. Uh, for Robert... Oh. High Life? <laughs> no, definitely not. The Lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn farts! You goddamn farts! <laughs> um, I don't know. Twilight seems like the obvious one. Oh, no, Harry Potter. Yeah. Always fair. Harry Potter. You'd have yeah, to live in the Harry enough. Potter universe. I hope that answers your questions, everyone. Thank you, Maya. Thank you, Keenan. Thank you, Daisy. Yeah, thanks, If anyone guys. has any other questions for us or wants to give their own answers to the questions that we've answered then you can contact us at onarollpod at gmail.com. Do it. Uh, it's funky and it's free. We do shout out all our places you can contact us at the end of the show as well and put them in the show notes. But yep. just thought we'd give you one up here. And that takes us on to... Hey, check it out. It's the penultimate Ryan Gosling fact of the week. <laughs> oh, I like that new um, that new spin. So um, the <laughs> fact of coming the week from, this week... Coming right, you've got big work this, <laughs> this week, Emma, because we are coming off I, um... the scoop. <laughs> that I was Gosling means baby goose. I am entirely scraping the barrel, but I quite enjoyed this this fact. It feels quite, um, you know, for me anyway, it's quite good. So it goes like this. <clears throat> Gosling reportedly has five tattoos, including one on his wrist that he gave himself. Describing all of his bodily ink as ridiculous, he told The Guardian, a tattoo should never be meaningful because at a certain point you're going to hate it, so it might as well make you laugh. And as someone with a UFO, a bowl of noodles, and God knows what the fuck else tattooed on my body, I completely fucking agree. What a guy. So why have you have you just gone for ones that you hate? Or, no, or I no, just not, not hate, but they're just they random. Fun. So you don't just like really love a bowl of noodles? I knew they were all right. I just thought they looked cool. Yeah. Fair enough. So Ryan Gosling has the same thought as me, so I like that. I don't have any tattoos, but I guess I've I've always been by like yeah. It's sort of I want it to be something. I'd want it to be something meaningful, but also I'll probably end up hating it and regretting it. Well, listen to listen to Ryan Gosling and just get any old shite. I've just gone for. But where would I get it? I don't feel like I'm a tattoo person. Well, don't get one then. You don't have to. Oh, I right. know. You could get the dagger um, on your face that Ryan Gosling has in Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, I, re- I read an interesting fact about that. Oh, did you? Because in La La Land, he says to his sister, I know a guy with a face tattoo. And obviously he has a face tattoo in Place Between Place Beyond the Pines. Wow. Um, apparently that was his idea in Place Beyond the Pines. And then after they tried it, he was like, this is ridiculous. Can we get rid of it? And then the director was like, no. Uh-huh. Absolutely not. It's brilliant. Wow, so, um, the Gosvengers is ever-expanding. Yeah. Um, Brill. Wow, there you go. You heard it here first, guys. Get a tattoo. Get whatever the fuck you want tattooed on you, because <laughs> it doesn't matter, because you'll hate it eventually anyway. Auntie Emma says, get the stupid tattoo and get it now. <laughs> it's like a perfect <laughs> p- public service announcement. Auntie M says... <laughs> just you with a massive thumbs up. Can you make yeah. that, please? Auntie M says, permanently scar says, your body with something tattoos stupid. Tattoos are okay by me. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Right, that brings, us, that brings us to the end, then. Yep. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please give us a rating Do on we? iTunes. Do Leave we? us a review. It really helps us out. But tell you what helps us out more than any of those things is telling your friends, be like Maya. Be more like Maya. Tell your friends. <laughs> be more like Maya. Be more dog. <laughs>
tell all your friends about us and don't yep. just tell them fucking force them to listen to it no don't listen to this or i will block you that's what you say yeah yeah really recommend it can't recommend it enough make them listen <laughs> <laughs> can't recommend I'm not sure that's forcing the someone to, take, to do something yeah yeah um you know free free will choice <laughs> but uh, if you want to contact us and ask get in touch with us ask us any of the questions any questions that you've got answer any of the questions that we've answered so far then yep. you can do that where can they do that emma um hit us up on at on a roll pod on twitter at on a roll pod on instagram on a roll pod at gmail.com go over to our website and have a little moochy mooch on a roll pod.com and that's pretty much it um we also have our bonus series coming soon that you coming can get access to soon. you can get access to that on our patreon which is patreon.com slash on a roll pod and there's more information about it on there so get to know get to coming know to a patreon near you soon yeah. as soon as they release the first episode of the thing that we're reviewing yeah but go read more about it read all about it um and we can't wait to see you there yeah should I tell you what we're watching next week? Oh, yes, please. For the last episode, I'm going to cry. For the last episode of Ryan Gosling. It's the final episode and maybe, of who, who knows, but maybe we'll announce who our next series is going to be on next maybe, week. Maybe, if you're lucky. If if we, we want to treat you. So, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Next week, we will be watching and reviewing and talking about, in fact, Blade Runner 2049. Ooh. First Man Ooh. and My Favourite Shapes by Julio Torres. I Early Doors. I'm worried that's going to be another song to song, but we'll see. I've I've seen a clip of it. It might be. It might okay. <laughs> okay. be another song Fucking to song. Fucking great. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not even sure how much of it Ryan is in because I believe that's a comedy special. Oh, God. Um, okay. He makes a cameo in. Okay. So just forewarning you. But Blade Runner 2049, seen it, loved it. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to watching it again. First Man, seen it. And My Favourite Shapes by Julio Torres is the unknown there. I haven't seen any of these films, so I'm really excited. Have you not seen First Man? No. Nope. Did we not go and see First Man together? Nope. Oh, okay. I thought we had. I thought you had seen it for sure. No, it's fine. I never get invited. That's fine. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> anyway, uh... Uh, we'll see you next week. See you next uh, time, bye. And uh, yeah, have, have a nice time. Have a have a good life. <laughs> have a nice life. See ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.